Welcome to another episode of the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm super happy to have my good friend, Jessica Miller, a.k.a. Jess Lamaste, with me today. Jess, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. So I'm stoked to be here. That's great. Tell us, uh, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, how we know each other. Sure. So um, we know each other through your twin sister, Jess. Um, her and I are teachers together, um, so we've been... Yeah, we've been friends for four years. And John, you started shooting pictures of me for yoga, I guess, like two years ago at this yeah. point. So that's how we met. And um, yeah, born and raised in Jersey. Uh, teach a lot of yoga on the side. Namaste. Um, yeah. And yeah, I feel like I am. Um, what do you teach? You teach the same grade as Jess? I do. Fourth grade. Nice. It's a lot. <laughs> Remote. Hence the yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a tough year. So I feel like the yoga practice has sort of saved me and the kids that I teach. How long have you been doing yoga, teaching yoga? Uh, three years. Oh, cool. Yeah. Done some pretty cool stuff that we can't necessarily talk about, but. That's true. Pretty, pretty important bending stuff. <laughs> I mean, you make it that that sounds naughty. Oh, and that's just people. Is that just where my head went? Yes. It was important people <laughs> oh, being taught oh, important yes, things. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I um that's true. I have taught yoga to some some pretty famous people, but yeah. I can't I can't really talk about it. Award-winning people. This makes me sound awesome. It's one it, it's okay. It was, it, was one, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. Don't belittle yourself. Okay. It was great. So I thought uh, obviously we have had a plethora of relationship conversations over the last couple of years. Yes. I thought Today would be a good day for us to hash out some of our pasts, histories, Let's advice. Do it. And I thought a good place to start would be, I mean, we're the same age, I think, right? You're 34? Mm-hmm. I'm 35. And you are divorced. Yes. How is that? <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely not the most common uh, amongst our age group. I feel like we're in a space where lots of our friends are married or just having kids. And so... Um, I do feel like it's an odd thing to say at 35 that you're divorced. Um, however, uh, it's part of my story. And so I feel like talking about divorce doesn't have to be something taboo or something that you shy away from. Um, because the truth is, I think a lot of people feel certain things in their relationship, but they don't always want to talk about it or honor it. And so it comes out later mm -hmm. in life. Obviously, the people at home can't see me nodding my head in agreement, <laughs> but uh, I do agree with that. And uh, I thought it was important to bring up because there's such a stigma about mm -hmm. divorce, and which is crazy considering 58% of, I think 58% of It marriages, might even be more. Yeah, well, post-pandemic, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Get locked in a house for a year. <laughs> with Get me out of there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much do you think that impacts like your dating life now? Um, do you think people like... I don't know if they hold it against you or you have like a weird uh, conversation about it because like I've gone on dates with people who've been divorced and I, it's not like a deal breaker for me, but I would imagine for some people that might be something that they're like, oh, yeah, know. no one's ever come out and said that to me before, but you definitely get a sense of the people that are curious about it and want to know a little bit more about like how I came to be divorced and how I've learned from it. And, and then you have people that I think are intimidated that there's like an ex- husband and Ooh, a former life um you know we didn't have any kids together so we there's no communication there's no need to to be in each other's lives anymore so i think that there's a level of intimidation sure. 
And then also, like, I'm not your average 30-year-old girl that's racing to the altar wanting to have the big wedding with the bells and the whistle. Like, I've been there and done that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like I'm ready to meet someone that doesn't need the show. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, to... To be fair, some some people want that, and sure. that's that's great. But like, that's not my mo for getting married again. So, I think that there's like different forms of reactions to guys when I tell them that I'm divorced. I think that's fair. Um, like I said, I, I've obviously dated girls who've been divorced, and some who were probably married when we were on the date. But you know, <laughs> can't say whether that's necessarily a fact or not. Um, how's like the last year been? I mean, I know you've had some boyfriends, you've had some on and off things. Um, pandemic dating we've had a lot of conversations yes, about the last year um, how are you doing today versus you know 12 months ago I think I'm doing a lot better than I was 12 months ago I feel like the pandemic sort of forced everybody to slow down and it you know for a while dating was um, not something that people like it wasn't acceptable in the pandemic so we were having FaceTime dates but we weren't necessarily meeting strangers and so I think that forced the conversations to change I think that the like the type of people that I was talking to was starting to shift a little bit like because the truth is you really had to make an effort if you wanted to date in the pandemic it was not easy yeah and so I think and I imagine for girls too like the ones that actually want to be there and put forth the effort into getting to know you are going to stand out a lot more than the people that are just there to get laid. Yeah. So, because well, I mean, I, I, I wasn't getting laid during the pandemic. I, I mean, <laughs> I know we have different experiences over the last year. Um, my thing was I had a really hard time with doing like the FaceTiming dates, mm-hmm. the phone call dates. And like I had some good conversations and some quote unquote relationships or talking to's or whatever you wanted to call it at the beginning of the pandemic. But I just couldn't sustain it. Like I'm a very, you know, in-person vibes, chemistry kind of person. And all of that texting and FaceTiming, it just like was not. It wasn't like, you. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and, and I know you mentioned like maybe that's easier for for you. But um, yeah, I think because I I think being on Zoom all day with your <laughs> students and then yeah, I was teaching it. yoga on Zoom, it was just like a lot of time on screen. So it didn't feel that strange to have a FaceTime date. Okay. Um, and again, like the guys that were like, fuck, no, I would never have a fa-. It's like, All right, well, what? <laughs> then your option is like, what? Because um, well, you could weed those guys out right away. Right. Because right. they were like, I definitely want to hook up with this girl. I have no interest in dating. Yeah, like I don't want to talk to you. So I'm like, well, wait, I mean, that's kind of all we have to do right now. And, um, you know, especially in like the very first couple of months. Um, Did you feel that you were able to get to know someone really well over like Zoom or FaceTime? Because like, to me, it's so awkward. Like, I've never met this person before. Yeah. And the first time I'm quote unquote meeting them is on FaceTime. Yeah. It's, I think it's more intimate than it is. a cr- date. It, it, it freaks me out though. Yeah. Like, that's why I, I mean, it's like, it. there is no distractions. Like, there is no waiter coming over to take your drink order. There's no people watching. There's no like sipping a drink to like kill awkward silence. <laughs> it's literally just you and this person. And so it became very clear those people that were comfortable enough to be able to have conversations with a stranger on Mm -hmm. FaceTime. And then the people that were like, 
just like stuck. Me. Like this yeah, is Yeah, which is, it's awkward. So there's no, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily rule somebody out if they struggle sure. to have a conversation, but I think you can have chemistry on a FaceTime. I think you could, well, I mean, absolutely. Like there can be, first of all, the person could look like their photos or, yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was obvious. Um, but I think based on the conversation, like you can absolutely flirt over FaceTime. And so- It's interesting. I think for me, the barrier was in- Number one, I hate FaceTime in general. Like, I hate FaceTiming my family and yeah. my friends. Like, it's just not my mode of co- you know communication. I'd rather text. I'd rather be on a phone call, whatever. So let, let's take that to the side. It's just to me, like, I'm a very physical person in terms of, like, in-body, in-person kind of chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just felt like even the more I did it, I would have two or three drinks beforehand just to loosen myself up. I just, it wasn't doing it for me. Like, yeah, I, I felt like it was like, well, it's missing something. Yeah. It's like, you don't get the, the end human, of date yeah. kiss at the end. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the FaceTime dates that were successful eventually led to a real date because it, it does get old. So yeah. it's like, there's only so many times we can like get, buzzed together <laughs> over FaceTime. I will say it's awesome because like you have the best excuse if the date is going poorly. To like it yeah, like oh fuck my Wi-Fi. Like I, literally, I've had to, you know, end lots of conversations quickly, but I I will say that I think for two or three dates, like you can get enough of a sense of a person in order to meet them in person and be like, "Oh, like the, I could see this going going well." Now none of those relationships <laughs> necessarily panned out. So sure. maybe there's something to be said about it. But, um, you know, we did we did what we had to do as single people in a pandemic because the alternative was to just isolate. Did yeah, which, which worked for some people. But I, I had a productive year. It wasn't sexually productive, but it was productive. And in that other counts. Ways. Like you put your yeah. energy into something. Yeah. Um, for me, I think because I was finally starting to feel confident enough in dating Mm -hmm. again, then it was like, I felt like I was cut off at the knees. I was like, shit, I was just gaining momentum. I could feel Um, that too in our conversations because we have known each other, I think four years and would you get divorced five years ago, four years ago? Uh, no, it's actually, it's just over two years. I mean, like official, but it, yeah, coming up on three years. So I feel like you might've split. When we first met, yeah, because my yeah, sister yeah. was very much trying to set us up. Yes, right. I do remember that and repeatedly. Repeatedly, John Mayer concert. I remember. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you didn't, did you, you didn't go to that? No, I was on a date. Oh, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> didn't missed, work out. I should have fucking great gone. Fucking concert. <laughs> Holy shit! I forgot about that. Oh, that was so long ago. That was two years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah, like I had noticed, like our conversations, you were starting to like feel yourself again. You're like, yeah, I'm like ready to do this. Like I've had some shitty dates. I've met some shitty guys, but like you were starting to come into your own and then bam, yeah. we're stuck at home. Yeah. And I, I think my attitude dating before the pandemic was very much like chasing another relationship. Like I was watching my ex in a relationship. He was moving on and I was like, well, fuck, I need to move on. And Ooh. so when you are in dating for another reason, like it has to be about you and the things that you want. And if you're just looking to fill a void and to find the next one, then like that's a losing game. How much pressure did you feel post-divorce, you know, obviously in a social media driven world that we live in to quote unquote, win the divorce to put on the happy face, even if you were struggling or be out and about, even if you wanted to stay home and do anything, how much did you feel like pressure to kind of, feel like you want it even though you may not have been doing yeah I would say you know and our divorce was amicable and you know to this day I have nothing but positive things to say about my ex um 
but I would say part of me wanted to put on a face like it's all good. I walked away from this marriage. So like, what should I be upset about? Mm -hmm. And that that's the other thing that I think is a misconception. Like just because you're the one that decides, okay, this relationship is no longer serving me and we both deserve more. um, It doesn't mean that the person that walked away isn't grieving that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think I had a hard time sort of moving past it, even though right physically we had separated. Um, so I would say, what was the question? This is what happens <laughs> how, all the time. How, how much of that post? Oh, yes. Okay. So I wanted to put on a face for other people. Um, but I spent my life doing that. Like, that's who I was in my relationship. Yeah. Um, and then yoga sort of really forced me to, like, look at myself in the mirror and do, like, a deep dive inward and realize, like, how much are you showing other people because – you feel like that's what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I sort of dropped the act. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I keep it pretty real on on my Instagram. And you can see the days that, like, I'm doing great. You can see the days I'm feeling myself. You can see the days that, like, you know, I could use a little extra self-love. So I would say now I'm pretty honest. Like, I don't, I don't need to impress anybody. I don't need to... Um, convince anyone that I'm feeling a certain way like it's none of their fucking business so if my honesty and vulnerability makes people uncomfortable then um I appreciate that they should look another way I had this conversation with a a podcast guest that I've got coming up soon yesterday and it was how time and age has so positively impacted my ability to be comfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. and to be fair, obviously, there's a lot less social pressure on me to look a certain way, act a certain way, do a lot of things. And inherently, that's what happens to white men in America. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 nice to see that it kind of goes both ways, because like, obviously, with time and age, you have found yourself a little bit deeper, a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, closer to who you are and like what you love. And I don't know if that's with age or time or whatever it is, but it's such a freeing feeling yeah to not give a shit what other people think about you or give a shit about the things that you want to give a shit about yes yes um and I think you know I think some of it comes with time and age and actually I was just I I was sharing this in a yoga class a couple weeks ago like depth right like you can't force somebody to have depth Mm -hmm. they can only meet you as far as they've met themselves and because you know I've been through divorce I've lost a parent um my life experiences have like created a lot of depth and I've experienced heartache and pain and grief. And I think when you overcome those circumstances, like you're a stronger person for it. And so I can't fault someone that I'm dating that has never been divorced or has never experienced loss of a parent. Like that's not on them, but if they haven't done the own work on themselves to realize what's important to them, like that's when you see the, the difference. Do you find, so obviously you and I have drastically different life experiences, but like when you're on a first date or second date with a person, do you find people who lack that level of life experience you typically don't get along with? Or is do you see a barrier in place already as to how far you could see that particular thing going? I think it's pretty clear on a first date or first conversation. Um You know, like, again, like, you don't have to have experienced what I have in order to connect with me, but get a little curious, ask some questions, or try to relate in a way Mm -hmm. where 
you know, like you, you can connect on, on some level. Um, and then the guys that are just sort of like, Oh, like, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. Like they can't, and again, it's not their fault, but it's they not, just, they right. don't, if they're, if they're unable to relate to that tragedy in any way, in any way, right? right. Like anything traumatic that they've experienced. Or if they like immediately try to change the conversation topic. To, yeah. Or oh, it's oh, just, by the way, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. It's like, fucking service level conversation drives me crazy. Like, I don't want to talk about the fucking weather. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I'm just kidding. God. It's going to snow. Like what, where, like where you vacation, don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. We could talk about where you went to college and like the things you like to do for fun. But like, I just like, like to go in. Yeah. So what are the important topics like, or questions that you want to get out of on a first date? Um, I want to know. Like, give me your top three. We don't have top to three. I, what did you, what have you learned about yourself from other relationships? Ooh, I think that's great like, question. be a little self reflective. Um, what are your intentions for dating? Which mm-hmm. sounds like so intimidating to ask on a date. You know, the biggest problem, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The That's biggest right. problem that I have with that question is that in my past and not now, but in my past, I've taken that question and given the answer that I think that the person that I'm with wants to hear. Well, That's your problem. That was my problem. But don't you find that that is a thing that both male and females do often? Because sure. that question is very personal and very difficult and it can pose conflict not like a fight but like if i'm looking for a relationship and you're looking for a one-night stand that question can lead to the end of the evening right but i think as long as you are clear with what you want Mm -hmm. then that i mean if that's not what the other person wants to hear that's their problem yeah i just think that my biggest qualm with that question is that a lot of times when I ask it, I think I'm told what they think I want to hear mm-hmm. because I used to say the thing that I think they wanted to hear. Right. So I've gotten to the point where I've unabashedly said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And if these are not the two things that you want, that's okay. Yeah. You're a great person. I'm a great person. We're just not matching up. Yeah. But a lot of times, and even today, like when I, I had a date the other night, I was very open, very honest about what I want, what I'm looking for, and they were on the same page. We're going to go out again. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But it is it is a tricky question. It is a tricky question, but I also feel like... I also have trust issues. So. It, well, <laughs> you, I mean, and you you don't know if the other person's being honest in their answer to you, but I do feel like, and I've gotten to the point where I used to be scared of the answer. So if they were like, oh, like, I don't really know what I'm looking for, then, you know, I would be like, well, fuck, like, they don't want a relationship. Like, I, I would always make it about... You. Me? Yeah. Well, that's easy to do. Yeah. Because they would want the thing that you say you want if they were, if you right. were Right. I'm like, let's just get on the same page. Like, are you looking for a serious relationship? Yes or no? And be honest. And it's a bummer if I like you and I'm into you and you say no, but at least I know that on date one and not after investing more time with you. Cause How often in your experience have you found that question being answered the way you want it to be only to shortly be let down? Um, well, I'm still dating, (laughs) so I haven't heard yet. I mean, I think, you know, it's a combination of people not knowing what they want, which is fair. And like, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year. Um, but I do think a lot of times people are like, okay, well, yeah, we're on dating apps to be in relationships. So that's the answer. Like, that's what you say, but your actions like have to match up. And like, yeah, if your intentions aren't pure and you're not honest, like get the fuck, get out of here. I agree. What's, um, what's the third thing that you're trying to get out of on a first date? Um, 
I want to know the things that they're passionate about outside of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like what like really sparks joy for you? What are things that you care about? Um, you know, cause that, that sheds a lot of light on who they are like behind the mask. Yeah. Um, I don't really give and a shit like, what like you do COVID for a living. Mask, yeah. Like the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mask of self. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, like, I don't, I don't care about, your, you know, like, sure, if you love your job, that's awesome. But, like, what are the things that, like, really get you going? I um, try to go as long as I possibly can on a first date or, you know, texting or on an app or whatever without talking about work. Yeah. And it's one of the first things that comes up all the time. But I'm so not interested in it. Yeah. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care about any of those things because they're not going to impact me whatsoever in terms of a relationship. Right. If you're a teacher, if you're a firefighter, if you're a fucking attorney, like I don't care. Yeah. I hope you're happy and you enjoy what you do. But that's like as much. I think that's what I'm looking for. Like what makes you happy? So if your if your job is it like awesome. But I just like what are the things that I can't see on the profile that I want to know, um, you know, and of course, like, do you want a family? Like all those questions. But I do feel like on a first date, it's like, okay, like, do I want to give you more of my time for a second date? And like, what do I need to hear in order to decide yes or no? How often do you find yourself on a first date? And and I'm extremely guilty of this, like feeling out what the like chemistry is there or isn't there, and how much does that impact? like a second date because I've had some really good first dates where I didn't feel any sort of physical connection or attraction right away. And I've tried to go out again and it still wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, it's not like a, a looks thing, right? It's just like a spark. A yeah. You feel it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, how much of a factor does that play into uh, a second date with a person? I feel like on a first date, it's a no or a maybe like I'll leave a first date and be like, Nope. Like that's not happening again. Or like, okay, I'm curious. Let me go on a second date. Um, so it's not just yes or no. It's no. Or it's maybe. no or maybe. Interesting. <laughs> like, um, and then from there on the second date, give it time for the chemistry. Cause I think sometimes it is hard on a first date to feel like you want it. Yeah. Comfortable. Um, you don't know how they are in a dating situation. Also with COVID, you're like makeouts on a first date. Like you're like, I don't even know what the fuck to do. So you may like, it's just, it's a, it's a weird. It used to be like STD concerns and now it's like, oh my God, don't cough. Yeah. Don't breathe. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy how our, like our standards have, yeah, yeah. it's just changed. Um, but I will say by a second date, I'll know. Okay. Um, and you know, I've like, well, maybe I'll give it one more, but it's like, why are we convincing ourselves? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's hard enough to date and then it's also hard enough to find someone that you want to grow out with that you spend the time on the apps with then texting with then exchanging social medias with and then being like okay we're gonna go out you've invested a lot of time leading up to that first date yeah and it almost feels like oh well i wasted all that fucking time yeah so and i love that expression like wasted time because i try to not say that anymore but it is but i do feel like what have you learned about yourself in that moment like (laughs) I, I feel like even on a bad first date, like, oh, fuck, what a waste of time. And I'm like, no, but you know what? Like, I stepped out of my comfort zone or I look fucking great tonight. Like You have a highly, highly, highly positive mental attitude that I think has been born over the last couple of years mm-hmm. of shit that you've dealt with yeah. that I don't share. Yeah. That I would love to share, that I'd love to be like. You can. I mean. Yeah. I'm just an, I'm a, I'm a 
pessimistic, skeptical I person. I used to be the exact same way. Ask my girlfriends okay. that have known me my whole I'll start life. doing more yoga and lighting more candles and <laughs> chanting. And Burning Palo Santo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and see if I can get there. I will say, I was the biggest pessimist. I was the Debbie Downer in my group of friends. Like, there was always something that was missing or something we could have had. Like, that was my personality. That was, like, the role that I played in our friend group. And, and you're no longer friends with any of those people. No, right? I am. Okay. But... You know, we've been friends for so long that, you know, they're they're sticking around no matter what. <laughs> but I will say, like, the positive side of me, like, really didn't come out until I would say, like, after my mom passed away and I was able to deal with all of that. Like, I can now even look back and say, like, you know, of course, I'm, I'm you know, I would give anything to bring her back. But if she hadn't have passed, there's no way that I would have done all this work on myself. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't gotten divorced, if I had stayed in a comfortable, safe relationship, um then there's no way I would have learned all of this sure. about, you know, who I am as as an individual, not as like someone that's coupled. Oh, we, right. Yeah. I, I like that. And uh, unfortunately, another thing that you learn with life and time is that it's most of the shitty things that happen to you that bear the largest imprint on who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. And more shitty things happen as you get older yeah i mean it's just that's life yeah that's life yeah um it's one of the pros and and blessings i would say because i I wouldn't be who i am today without all of the other you know terrible things that i've had to deal with yeah i've lived a blessed life and i'm not not uh confused about that at all but like obviously my most growth has occurred because of because of hardship well I feel like how can you appreciate things that are awesome and great if you haven't experienced it on the other side so if you don't let yourself go to the darkest place ever then that light isn't going to feel as bright and warm and loving um, as it would be if you allowed yourself to go to those places that are you know uncomfortable so yeah I would say the positivity like but it's a choice I mean you can choose to look at things of a place like fucking dating in a pandemic sucks. This blows. I'm never going to find anyone. <laughs> right. But like you're, if you're putting that out into the universe, what whatever you believe, back. it's yeah. exactly what's going to come back to I'll you. Give you that. I, I am starting to realize that. Like, I'm proud to hear you say that. Thing. Yeah. It's all the yoga that we do. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The video uh, that you haven't watched yet. I watched it. You did. did I didn't you do, do it, it okay. but I watched it. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm le- easing into it. I'm That's an old fine. man with a brittle body. Um, You've said you've been teaching yoga for, I think, four or five years. Three now. years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've obviously been a big proponent in my life of trying new things, uh, podcasting, photography, writing, whatever it might be. And I love the feeling that I get when I find something that I love. Mm-hmm. What is it about yoga specifically that when you do it, when you're leading a class online, in person, et cetera, that like you love? Oh, there's so many things i I think first thing is the energy that you get from your student, like watching them sort of like morph in front of you and not just physically, like just watching their like their spirits get brighter, watching themselves carry them themselves lighter. Like it's just it's so cool to watch people go through a class like you walk into a class, you see them stressed out. They're on their mat. They're like working out their frustrations from the day. And then the way like the sigh that you hear from them at the end of practice, like Mm. it's yeah, like it's just (laughs) so fucking creepy. It's (laughs) contagious. Like it's like, yes, this is why I do what I do. Like I want to I want to make people feel better. And I mean, if it wasn't for yoga, I, I don't think that I would have been able to come out as strong through hardship. So I feel like if I can 
bring that out in other people and I can even just change one thought over the course of their day, like I've done my job. I like that. Um, so I think making people feel good makes me feel good. I like that. Um, I mean, that's, I would imagine that's why you're a teacher. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's just like, you just, you just want to help people. Um, and then as far as like my own practice, I mean, I got addicted to it because first of all, the heat, I mean, like just like that constant sweat, like the detox of, you know, whatever you ate, drank, but also like you kind of, I had a teacher once that was like, they're like prayer beads. So for me, it felt like I was going to like church, temple, the gym and therapy in an hour. And I was like, where I've never felt that sort of release before. Um, and once, like once it clicks for you, you're like, I, yeah, I can do this the rest of my life. I like that. Um, I, I, in my life, I've been a big proponent of taking failures that I've had, whether it be work wise, um, you know, personal life wise and trying to turn them into a positive, you know, uh, last year I took a job. You can be positive. I just said, I try. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so like last year I had a job, I got laid off, you know, threw me in a whirlwind, not really sure where to go, what to do. And then like I hopped in my car, I drove cross country, um, you know, took a million photographs. And I really think I quote unquote found myself as cheesy as that sounds like I am more comfortable in my body today That's in amazing. the things that I'm doing personally, professionally, etc., than I was 12 months ago. Yeah. What type of failure have you had in your life, you know, from a work perspective, from a professional perspective with your marriage? And how have you taken those failures whether perceived or actual and turn them into a positive yeah I mean my profession so before I was a teacher I worked in PR so Mm -hmm. I did the corporate thing I worked in fashion and for me it's so funny to like reflect on the person that I was before I found yoga and before I became a school teacher um you know like I'm I'm still in that person but it's just you know it was very much like I want the newest things. I, you know, I want to oh, be yeah. at the fanciest restaurants, hanging out with the coolest people. Um, and so I would say that switching careers while something I wanted to always do was extremely humbling. So I don't want to say it was a failure to switch careers, but like I fell on my ass when I got into teaching. Sure. Um, because right when I transitioned into education is when I was thinking about getting divorced and then following through with it Mm -hmm. so I would say like really feeling like you have to do things on your own right like I wasn't financially supported anymore um I was you know I had a career that was paying me a dollar a day (laughs) um so it was like this is on you like you can't ask anybody for help like you got to pick yourself up and I you know so thankful for your sister because she caught me many a times crying in my classroom but like teaching is a blessing and a curse like yeah if well, you're having, a, if you're have, but if you're having a bad day, you can't bring it into the classroom. Like right. the kids never got to see me, you know, cry at lunchtime when I was having a breakdown. And so, I would say that first year having to teach on my own, not having like my person to call when I was struggling, um, was a was really hard. But now I kind of feel like I can do anything on my own. Um, once you realize like how strong you actually are, you're like, so I can, I can a, do hard. So it's a matter of things. just like taking the lesson that the, the moment has for you and then just growing from it. Yeah. And yeah. like, you have to let yourself fail. Like yeah. I, I think so often people are scared. I mean, my marriage failed. Yeah. Um, but it's like that happened. It's, it's Is done. It, it's over. So how, how can I learn from it? So I 
don't make those decisions again. I don't even want to call them mistakes, honestly. That's why I asked the question because, and I say perceived failure because a marriage not working is not a failure. It is a perceived failure. It is a conscious uncoupling of two people, but a failure it's not. Like a marriage is not either a win or a loss. It is a relationship and relationships succeed and they fail. But at the end of the day, you are not a failure for having been divorced. Yeah. Um, but I like to kind of dive into like what you learned about yourself through that process. And it seems like you're like a brand new. Yeah. Device. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's really easy, especially in like North Jersey to feel like, OK, by this age, you have, I mean, you know, <laughs> married, like, we're, yeah, kids, like married kids. Fence. Like, and I, oh, my God, I was like, I was in a race. That's the world. though. I was in a, it is the world. But I feel like it's really magnified here. Um, it's keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. And literally nobody was making me feel this way, but myself, like even my ex was like, yeah, whatever you want. Like, but he's like, what are you, what are you spinning out for right now? Like, there's no, there's no need. You're in a competition with yourself. Um, so I would say, you know, I, I learned that like, I don't need people to feel happy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think if you're not a hundred percent in it with yourself, like, Whoever you're with can't make you feel that way. I completely agree. So I will never, and that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. Like, yeah, or yourself. Yeah, but like, I on my ex, it was like, okay, you are responsible for my happiness. You like on my, that's he couldn't handle that. That wasn't that wasn't his burden or whatever to bear. Like that was on me. But because of you know how long we had known each other, it was just sort of like we knew how to work together in that way. But once I realized, like, wow, like. You can't you can't ask that you can't of someone. Expect that of someone else. No, right? that's not their job. It's their job to pick you up when you need to be picked up, but not like 24/7/365. Yeah, and to be constantly like you know, yes, you feel like you're great, you're amazing. It's like you have to be the one that's giving yourself the pep talk. Like Absolutely. it's nice to have people in your corner, of course, but you have to believe in yourself and like that confidence lacked for me for a long time. Um I mean, even in high school, I remember just like always sort of like not believing things about myself. And so, yeah, to like come into that in your own in your 30s, you wake up and you're like, wow, like I am not the same. I'm not the same person. Is that a uh, a societal thing? Because obviously I, I would. I mean, it, it's got to be entirely more prevalent in a woman to be questioning them their own self in high school and college and I, I just would imagine it's just societal pressures inherently as a woman because I never felt that way I guess until like my late 20s where I felt like I needed to be doing more or making more money or having nicer things mm-hmm. until I was like there yeah um so I just wonder if that was something that was just inherently in yourself or something that you just felt from you know and I I remember having conversations with my mom when I was younger And I would always say to her, and I don't know where this came from. Like both my parents were working parents. Um, You know, my mom didn't even have a college degree. She busted her ass. She had my older brother when she was young, never finished college. And I would have conversations with her about like, mom, I'll just marry a rich guy. (laughs) And she's like, I don't know who raised you because that is never something that I would teach you. And she always used to remind me like, knock it off. Like you're going to have to support yourself. And it's just interesting how that manifested and marrying someone into marrying someone that you know could financially support me and you know was open-minded to me switching careers and making less money um and then to find myself in the situation i am now it's like my fucking mom was right you know usually are yeah but i think you know 
it, so it wasn't my family that that sort of put that on me. I think growing up in Ridgewood, New Jersey, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of pressures there. Class, yeah. yeah, um, you know, more so to go to the right colleges, travel abroad, um, you know, move to Manhattan right after college. Like there was yep. all these sort of like why would you live at home? Yeah. You know, and I lived at home for 2 years and felt super insecure about it. Um so I think it's a combination of society. And then I think, you know, it's also sort of where you grew up, the people that you chose to surround yourself with. Um, but yeah, I would say, and, and even now, I mean, you still see sort of society feeding people these ideas. Yeah. And I feel like it's the brave that sort of are like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hop out of this hamster wheel. I completely agree with you. And I think I've, I've mentioned this on like three or four podcasts now. Um, and it's the thing that I hold the most resentment to in my youth was that when I was in high school, you're told these are the five colleges that you can apply to and get into. Mm -hmm. You go to college and the counselor tells you these are the five programs that you can get into and graduate from. Uh, you get out of college. These are the three places that you can go get a job for. And no time from 17 to 25 did ever, anyone ever take the time to ask me, like, John, what, what do you want to do? Yeah. What will, like, make you happy? It's like, no, I, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a business degree. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to make money. But, like, none of those things were things that I necessarily wanted to do, cared to do, felt like I had to do. Yeah. I had to, I had to do all those things. Yeah. But it's a shame that, you know, 35, I am now figuring out the things that, you know, or lame as it sounds lights my soul on fire yeah and it's it's just unfortunate that there's none of that at a young age yeah it's always with time and with life lessons that you realize it doesn't matter how much money i make it doesn't matter how many nice things i have it's my family it's my friends and it's the things that i do on a daily basis that make me happy yeah and it's one of the main reasons why i started this podcast like i'm not a guru i'm not a gary v i'm not a fucking robbins or whatever his name is but, like, I want people to know that, like, it's okay at any age to stop doing what you're doing, and yep. that's okay. And pursue something that, yeah, lights your soul on fire. But I think it's so interesting what you just said. Like, it's a shame that, like, just now, like, I'm figuring it. But, like, how fucking lucky are you Very. that you figured it out? Very. Because there are people that will spend their whole entire lives in relationships that don't fulfill them, in jobs that don't fulfill them, and they don't have the courage to listen to themselves. Absolutely. And so I have moments of, like, Oh, can't believe this is where I'm at at 35. Like never thought that this would be my place. But I'm like, you know what? I would rather be here than be in my 40s, in my 50s, learning all of this then. much de like later down the road when there's other people involved and it's more complicated. Like, no, let's just fucking get honest now. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a it's an unfortunate thing that you learn it late in life. And I think we're still young and it's just this perception that we're old and you know millennials and gen z's and all this dumb social media yeah. bullshit but it's just unfortunate that these lessons come with time right and i couldn't learn this 20 years ago no at 15 i wish someone said john here's a camera pick this up see if you like it yeah but here's the thing if someone would have done that you would have been like eh, no like your Probably. brain I wasn't been like i have to play sports i have to like yeah. do the cool thing and yeah like, and that's totally totally true i would say and it's it, you know, because like obviously your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're in your 20s. So I find even as a teacher, like I'm watching these nine and 10 year olds struggle, you know, and it's like this happened on the blacktop or this is going on at home. And like I just, you know, all I want to do is remind them that like you can get yourself out of anything, mm -hmm. you know, like it's it's just you. Like, of course, you let things 
affect you that your friend I mean you just forget about like how influenced you are by your friends and what oh, people yeah. are and saying it's and so much worse now with social media yeah and you just want to remind them like this isn't fucking important but no. they can't hear it even if you know what I mean? like they're just they're never going to hear it until they're ready to hear I, it I, and when you bring that up it it does remind me that like I wouldn't have been capable of learning those lessons at that age right you're, you're 100% right it comes I with, just wish like at a certain point at a younger age I was more exposed to like creative outlets that I didn't necessarily have right I'm super thankful for now but didn't have at a younger age yeah and that's just my gripe for the day <laughs> yeah no I, I mean I, I think it's an excellent point it's I think to be reminded that there is no one way to do something and if something doesn't feel right for you, like do find else. what does. Yeah. Um, I think the the two big things I, like I, w- I would like to accomplish with these conversations that I have with people is just how different everyone's path is and mm-hmm. how no one's path is right. Right. It's right for you. It's right for me. But it's not right for everyone. Yeah. And if you're able to realize that at 15 or 35, great. But the sooner the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's true. The sooner you can step into like, this is me. Yeah. Yeah, the the easier your life is going to feel. 100%. But if you fight it, right, then, I mean, you're just like that is a that's a constant battle. I completely agree. With yeah. You. What uh what inspires you? Like what like gets you going? What makes you wake up in the morning being like I'm gonna fuck today up? In a, in a possible way. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um. What inspires me? I mean, I I think, you know, this sounds cheesy, but like I want to make my mom proud. Um, and I, you know, I think that she would be really proud of the human I've turned into. She didn't really meet. I mean, I, you know, I know she's, she knows this part of me, but she didn't see me as this person. Um, so I think she's a constant inspiration. Um, you know, my family, like I, I, I want to, you know, not make them proud, but I like, I just, I just want to be better for my family. I want to be better for myself. I want to be better for my students. So I think I always bring it back to myself and just how can you do today better? Yeah. Um, what did you learn yesterday that you don't want to do again? What do you think you could fix? Mm-hmm. Cause I am a constant work in progress. So like, is everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, people are like, you know, practice makes perfect. It's like, nope, it's just practice makes progress yeah. over oh, and over oh, and over again. Practice makes progress. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely going um, to steal that. Yeah, because... What, cause, what yep. gives you confidence? What gives me confidence? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. What? I would say, honestly, when I'm like on my yoga mat, like no one can fuck with me. Um, I feel like and I'm, can you carry that feeling to the rest of your day? I try to. That's like the real yoga practice. It's like, okay, to hold on to this for as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, what else makes me feel calm? I mean, I like, yeah, I like love riding with the top down music blasting. Like sometimes I'm like really feeling myself when well, I'm driving. Like yeah. Like just like good music <laughs> and like a, yeah, like that can really turn your day around. Even though you missed a great concert. Oh, uh, Johnny Mayer. boy. Yeah. Damn. Maybe I'll listen to him on the way home. You should. Um, yeah, but I, I think being able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you fucking got this. You're amazing. And yeah. I, you know, I don't give a shit what you look like. I don't, like, it's none of that. It's just like. Yeah, I don't gain confidence from like the person I see in the mirror. It's something inside of you. And yeah. it's not like what you perceive through your eyeballs. Yeah, it's something I, innate that I like to uncover because I think if enough people can start to feel comfortable and confident in their everyday actions, they can start leading a life that they're more 
wanting to lead. Yeah. And it's infectious, right? Like, yeah. you know, when you're around somebody that has good energy and it wasn't really until I was like in the yoga space where I was like, oh, like you can pick up when someone is like good energy, like what they are putting out there is something that you want, you're attracted to, you're drawn to. Yep. Um, and I'm talking about friendships, relationships, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Versus the people where you're like, oh, like so I, you can just feel it when someone is insecure. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I don't think confidence necessarily has to be the way that you look. It's oh, the agree. way that you feel. And so what do you need? I mean, the number of dance parties I've had in my basement by one myself in this pandemic that I do post on it because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fuck it. Who doesn't love a dance party? And the number of responses that I get of people being like, oh, my God, kitchen dance parties are the best. It's like, yeah, like feel yourself out when you're like hundred percent love it like think, own it i think the funniest thing for me uh whenever i see those things and i do laugh at them a lot is because like 82 or 5 percent of people who are on instagram watch instagram without like the sound on yeah so every time i see you dancing in your <laughs> kitchen it's without sound that's amazing and it is hilarious because yes. i'm like mm, what is she listening to and i watch a whole through and then i play the sound and then it's just funny to like what i think it is versus yeah what is it yeah and then um, how many people just keep scrolling oh everyone yeah yeah for sure um you've done some really cool shit with yoga and obviously we're not going to get into like specifics but um outside of being a teacher and outside of being a yoga teacher what's like your biggest dream like what you know we're young we've got 60 years left to live hopefully what's like your biggest dream that you hope to get out of the rest of your time here on earth oh man or like uh, one of one of I would love to travel more. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, or, or any. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to travel last summer and take a six-week road trip across the country. Um, and that opened my eyes to sort of how much there is in this world to explore. Yeah. Like I, you know, used to just, no, like, take me to the beach. I want the Caribbean. I want to lay on the, you know, on the beach for a week. Yep. And now I feel like, wow, like, there is just, there's so much beauty out there to mm -hmm. see. And there is something about standing at the base of a mountain and looking up and being like, wow, like my problems are nothing. Yeah, you know, it's just, sure. it's such a refreshing experience. So like, I want more of those moments, um, in my life, like just like finding some peace and quiet in places that I never would have considered visiting before. Like um, that. yeah. So travel, I mean, you know, I, I would love to see the world see the world do yoga everywhere in the world little pyramid of giza maybe even open a downward. yoga studio yeah, yeah i don't i don't even know i just i think it's something that i it's changed my life and so if i can just keep doing yeah like i don't want to push it on people it. Yeah. but i'm like holy fucking shit if you just open your heart to this it could change your life too so i think that will forever just follow me even if it's just in conversations with people i like that i uh I'm going to pay a bit of a compliment. We've been friends for a few years now, and I think the person that you are today is not leaps and bounds, but you are a brighter, sunnier, more genuinely awesome Thank person you. today than when we met. Um, I think it would be easy to take the trauma that you've dealt with with the passing of your mother and a divorce and have those be you know, damaged parts of yourself that um, could easily make you be a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to think of like, trauma and damage as like we're human beings we're like crumpled up pieces of paper right like 
at the end of the day, we all start up as a mess and then, like you just, just start trying to push out the edges and like kind of smooth out everything that's going on in your life. And I think you're getting pretty flat and pretty straight and, yeah. and pretty smooth. And Thanks. it's like, it's really nice. And it's, uh, it's really great to kind of see how far you've come in such a short period of time. Oh, you're making me blush over here. <laughs> Don't cry. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that this is one of my, my more favorite conversations that I've had. This was good. And obviously we'll have to have you come on the pod again. Um, I like to finish up my podcast with two important questions. Okay. Uh, the first question is, are you happy? Yes. Today and every day or just, you know, today? Today, I, I would say, you know, every day, no. Mm-hmm. I, I have some bad days. I mean, you, you know, I had one two days ago, Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> but true. I would say in general, like I'm, I'm happy with the person I am today. Good. Yeah. That's great. My second question is I like to finish up the podcast with a recommendation that could be a book, a movie, a TV show, a vacation spot, literally anything. And I don't like to plan one before coming in. And that's why I like to spring it on my guests last minute. Um, but what's something that you recently consumed or, you know, something that you did that you would like to recommend? Uh, I love Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. I mean, Ooh. it's all over It's all over Instagram. She is pretty incredible to listen to. Um, her story is remarkable also, but it's it's not a self-help book. It's a, it's a collection of her stories. She's gone through a lot of shit, um, but there's like takeaways from every chapter and there's lots of life lessons to be learned. So I would definitely say giving that a, a read oh good i like that i'll yeah. uh, definitely add that to my list yeah um i don't have a solid recommendation today um i i've not really watched anything great that i loved i did just start um for all mankind which is slow it's getting in there um but my recommendation is going to be that i want people to read a little bit more mm-hmm. so i'm going to just piggyback off your book recommendation because in the last three to four years i've tried to read one more book than i did the year before and like last that. year was the first year that I read less than the year before. Just you know, pandemic. I binged everything on Netflix, yep. and I was you know depressed and everything. So, um, I think reading has heightened my sense of self and uh, my worldview significantly. And I think nobody does it anymore because we're on our phones twenty four seven. Yeah, nobody takes the time to put it down. Um, so my biggest recommendation is for everyone to start a, a book list and start reading. Maybe we'll start a wrong advice podcast book club. I love and, that uh, idea. Might be something to, to come I need someone like I, I need a book club book club to hold me accountable because I should read more. Like I definitely should read more. Right, well, we've so got our first if you member, yeah. Jessica Miller yes. in the wrong awesome. advice. Awesome. And then I'll have to read because like no one wants to be that asshole yeah. at book club Oprah that hasn't who? read yeah, that hasn't it's read the my book. Idea. There we go. <laughs> Jess, it was uh, awesome having you on. Thank you for having me. I love you. I'm so glad to see how great you're doing. And uh, this was so much fun. Thanks. Awesome. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.